Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. And welcome to another episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. Today, I am joined by Kathleen and Claudette. I am Whitney, and we are excited to be talking to you today about your work. And I'm going to start by saying this. <laughs> You're the reason that your career sucks, okay? It, it, harsh, right? But if you find yourself in a situation where you are unhappy in the work you're doing, I'm just going to say it. It's your fault. You're the reason. And, or maybe I should say, but you can do something about it. And today we're going to talk about what you can do to turn that all around. I think all of us have been in situations and had jobs and or called it a career where we were unhappy, unappreciated, worked for bad bosses, dare I say, right? And I'll own this for myself. I was miserable in my job for a really long time. And it took me having a some really harsh talks with myself to turn that all around, where I had to accept that not only was it my fault, what I was feeling, but if I wanted to make a change, I had to take responsibility for what was going on. I had to take 100% responsibility for where I found myself, what I was feeling, and how I was going to move forward. And the good thing about that is that then I felt empowered. I felt like I had all the control and starting to work through how I was going to change my situation filled me with hope and positive energy, which ultimately snowballed and has landed me in the place where I am now, where I love the work that I do. I love the people that I get to work with, especially my Fab Five ladies and the work that we do here on Beyond Your Best Plan and some other projects that I'm doing. And we're just going to talk about some experiences we've had and the things that we know that will help you to make a shift and turning things around for you. So ladies, Kathleen, Claudette, either of you, both of you. I can tell you this, my very first real job, okay, where I went into the corporate world, I think I was making $5 an hour. This is dating myself. I was an auditor. Now that sounds number-ish, but I was just auditing. See, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was an auditor. I had no college education. 
it was an auditor for cases for a life insurance company. Mm. Okay. And so we would have to make sure that the, we audited the setup of the group policies, right. Or the things like that. So I had the suckiest in the beginning, the suckiest work experience that I've ever had in my entire life. Like it was so bad. And I'll just give you a little quick synopsis. There was a girl that, well, I was a part of a group and most of the group began to not like me. Okay. For whatever reason, the girl training me didn't like me at all. And actually told me to do things incorrectly. And I was making notes and following them. And it got to the point that my supervisor said, you're pretty much on probation. You're sending the wrong stuff out and the reps are saying they've got the wrong kids and all. they're upset. And I went, wait a minute, hold on. You know, I said, let me go get my notes. At least I had the fortitude to do that. Right. I said, and keep in mind, I was very insecure at the time. I got married at a young age. It wasn't going well. I was extremely sad and unhappy. Okay. So I was just very insecure. And I was like, nobody likes me. Everybody's going to reject. I was in my own little freaking pity party. Right. And it was manifesting all around me. Okay. Because when we reject ourselves, we will be rejected. Okay. So I didn't know this at the time. I was only like 19 years old. And, but I had the fortitude to go, wait a minute. And so I walked into the stock room with my supervisor and I said, these are my notes. And she saw consistently I had been told wrong. Now she did nothing about it with the girl that trained me incorrectly. And at that point, I was like, I don't know, there was like a divine intuitive spark that rose in me because, you know, the truth is always trying to rise in us. What, you know, whether we know it or not, that's our intuition. And it said, you won't leave this job until you have mastered it. I could have run away. I could have quit because at the time I could have quit. I would have been supported in the marriage, even though it wasn't a good marriage. But I was like, nope. I'm going to master this. And I went outside of the group and asked a lady that had been there for a very long time. I said, can you train me? And then I went to the lady that gave out the cases and people would make fun of her, but she was really a cool lady. Like this group wasn't the friendliest group at the time. Okay. But I went to that and I would eat alone in the lunch room. Like I would eat alone. I had no friends. Well, then I started going, I will master this. Just changing my thought to I will master this led me to get trained by one of the top people. It also led me to meet the girls in the group. One cubicle, we were in the cubicles and we had a, you know, a hallway and one cubicle. They were amazing. Like they became my friends. I started eating lunch with them. I freaking love them. I still love them to this day. They made me feel so welcomed and, you know, cared for. And I freaking mastered that job. And I went to the lady that handed out the cases and I went, give me the hardest ones. Give me all the hard ones. And she went, what? She goes, people don't ask for that. She goes, they get mad at me. I go, no, no, no. Give them to me. So I faced it head on. 
went to someone that had the information I needed, made friends with her, would buy her drinks, soft drinks and candy bars. Okay. Because she would give me information. So I was bribing in a legal way, right. For this information and became friends with her. I was just like, I need a mentor. And she goes, I'll help you. Right. I told her what was going on. Then what happened is my lung collapsed. Like it collapsed. I didn't know it. I kept working throughout the whole day. It felt like something was stabbing me in the chest. It was very painful, but I'm one of those, oh, it's okay. It's just a little bit of pneumonia, (laughs) you know, no big deal. I can't really breathe and I'm turning gray, but it's okay. I don't recommend that with anybody. I literally drove home that night and didn't go to the hospital until the next day. I almost died. So don't do that. But I made it to the hospital, but I was out because I had to have full-on lung surgery. And my supervisor called me because she said the cases I was working cost me in the hospital. I could barely talk. And she goes, I am so sorry, but you're working on this very complicated case and you had classified it. And I don't know what you've done. I don't know what to do. Like, it's very complicated. And then when I explained to her what I'd done, she goes, that's genius. Mm-hmm. And I got back after lung surgery, got a raise, got promoted, right? And when I left that organization, that organization is also responsible for causing me to go back to college and paying for my college. That That's a whole nother story another time. But when, when I finally left, I left on top of that situation. And so... When I look back on that, we're saying, if your job sucks, it's because of you. It was because of me. I have to own it because I was rejecting myself. I was not considering myself worthy of anyone loving or liking me. Therefore, nobody was. I was not considering myself intelligent enough to learn this job. That is absolute nonsense. That is self-talk that's destructive. We have the genius of creation in us. So I changed it around. That's a real life example. And if we're going to say imagining creates reality or we can manifest something if we visualize it or whatever, we have to own it all the way. We manifest the bad stuff and the good stuff. And the cool thing about that is you can get out of whatever you're in that is not good for you, right? That's the cool thing. So I'll end on that note. You can change anything. You can, but, and I should say, and, and. <laughs> sometimes jobs do suck and they don't have to be your career. Yes. But, like sometimes I just want to like the listener, listen, if you're in a job that just sucks, it can just suck. You know, it doesn't have to be, it could be that the job is just not right for you. Miss- changing, changing could be a higher vibration and you get a different job, which is what I ended up doing. Right. It didn't mean that I couldn't master what I was doing. Right. Right. Like it's making a decision out of choice instead of desperation. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So, right. So it's like, so you're right, Kathleen. You're so right to point that out. I was just going to share an experience of mine 38 years ago. Now I'm really dating myself, but 38 years ago, I was working at a, a local grocery store called Price Chopper. And I took too many, I was a cashier, and I took too many coupons that the person didn't buy. You know, so they used to buy groceries and then they'd get discounts on the coupons or whatever. I don't even know if that still happens or not, but I took too many coupons. I knew the person hadn't bought all the groceries that there, but I gave them the discount because the coupon was still valid. 
I got fired from it, which is okay. That's great. You know, I deserved to get fired for it. And I then, because I, well, you know, whether I deserved it or not, I, you know, for them, they called it stealing and and it's whatever it is, is I'm not, the story's not about that, but I also knew that I needed a job or I wanted a job because I was right out of high school and I know that I needed to get a job. And so I live and lived in the, in a resort community. And so I got a job as a chambermaid back then is what it's called at one of the best resorts in Stowe, Vermont at the time. And I cleaned toilets, puke up off, off this floor, like people, it was disgusting. And so sometimes jobs do suck. Maybe they just don't work for you. It does kind of suck. Yeah. I agree. Let me just say, the thought of cleaning someone else's toilet today just makes me want to vomit. But thankful <laughs> for the people that do. That. But the point of the story that I'm sharing here, while the job sucked, my supervisor was awesome. Her name was Lori. And she was very helpful. She was very clear on what my job was. She taught me how to fold sheets and, and, you know, like the corner, the hospital corners and the whole, I still use those corners today in my own bed. And I lasted three months in that job. That job wasn't for me at all. And I honor anybody who is a, a housekeeper today because the job that you do is a difficult job. And it is not for me. So God bless you that you're still yes. doing that. Fast love forward you. 38 years later. And I say this because I think it's really important. I always questioned why I actually did the job because it wasn't for me. However, it absolutely was for me. And it comes right back around to you never know whose life is you're going to impact. Because 38 years later, as I am working in the healing world, Lori's son died suddenly and unexpectedly about a year ago. And she reached back out to me, knowing that I do this, knowing that I could assist her along her way while she helped me 38 years ago to become a better person, to understand and have more value for those who are serving us. Today, I get to return the favor by assisting her through her grief journey. So no matter how much your job may suck, no matter if it's just a filler job because you it's a temporary thing, you know you're not going to stay there, be in the moment knowing that you're going to touch someone's life. And the life, the people around you might be touching your life in a way that ultimately you're going to come back around and touch theirs. It's a really important point I wanted to make because it, you know, jobs aren't always easy. They don't have to be your career. They can be a temporary stop. It could be the layover, as I say, that Charlotte is for me. You know, it's a layover for me. I know that's not where my home is going to be ultimately. And yet you don't know whose lives you're going to touch. So be the best being that you can be, no matter what you're doing to put food on the table or to pay your rent. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And I'm someone who believes that that we all can and should do work that we love. Ultimately, there you may not be there yet, as you're saying. You could be in a temporary in a temporary place with a temporary job, but there are lessons to be learned along the way. There are people to impact wherever you are. And 
if you are not doing something that you love, find something in what you are doing that you can love, right? In every situation, you want to find things that you can be grateful for, the, the positive aspects that you can focus on that will help to make whatever situation, even if the job itself sucks, as opposed to you sort of creating a situation that sucks, because you guys have talked about this on sort of both ends, right? And I've been on, <laughs> I've been on both ends. I haven't cleaned toilets for a living. But the thing next to that is serving people food. And people are, lots of people, not everybody, lots of people are pigs. They're rude and obnoxious when they are looking for people to serve them, right? And so in that respect, and I've served food in fast food situations and in restaurant situations, and apparently it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether someone's getting a $2 meal or a $150 meal. I think there's like this sense of entitlement that creates in those worlds, at least for me, environments that didn't work for me. And I would say those were more mismatches, right? But what I noticed when I was in food service in particular and later in some other things that I was doing is that the attitude that I took that day overall impacted how I interacted with my customers and how I interacted with them in turn most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time resulted in the largesse of them, their generosity when it came to tips, right? Yeah. And when I was in retail, the same, the retail is really hard, especially when you're in heels all day on marble floors in department stores, walking around. But I learned to make a game of it. So you find the things that you can focus on, the interactions that you can create with people. It's interesting you said that, Kathleen, about someone that you that had impact. Before I went to law school, the Christmas before I'd made a decision that I was going to do sales over to the holidays at a department store, major department store. And my goal was just to make a little extra money. And as I got ready to go to law school and one night I'm on the floor and this guy comes to me, he's flirting with me, but he's married. And so we got to talking, he's flirting, flirting, he's married. I, I find out he's married. It's like, okay, this isn't going to happen. But we had a connection. Turns out he was a lawyer. And so I told him I was thinking about going to law school, right? So we had it. It wasn't a romantic relationship, but we developed a friendship. And because he was a lawyer and I was planning to go to law school, there was a connection that we had that was, I think, really important ultimately as I moved through that job. And every night when I would go in, I was kind of like, you never know who you're going to meet, right? You never know who you're going to impact. You never know who's having a bad day and you can turn that around, right? You would think at Christmas time, people would be happy and jolly. That's not the way people shop <laughs> for Christmas for some reason. So the point is that 
we have the ability, you know, it, each story here has been about the ability to take responsibility for what you're doing, for your actions, for your words, for your feelings about what you're doing. And then I think the piece that I I want to talk about in my story, and I I think I've shared this, uh, at least parts of it, in my last job, my last role, I was a lawyer and a lobbyist for almost 18 years in, in my last employer. I had no intention on ever being there 18 years. It did not start out as a bad job. I actually enjoyed my job when I first got it. I enjoyed the people that I worked with. Over time, things changed. The politics in California changed. I learned my job. I learned things about my job that I didn't know when I was brand new that impacted how I enjoyed what I was doing, how I saw things. Change in leadership in the organization that I worked for started to have an impact on what was going on. And I lost my son. So all of the things that were happening sort of outside of me that became inside of me then were spewed back out, right? So all the turmoil that I was feeling in my life I was now taking to work, justifiable as it may have been in the early days. I didn't make a connection between that, right? And so what I started to do was to complain about my job and how much I hated my job and how much I, and it became this vicious cycle of the more I complained, the more I hated, the more I was focused on all the things that were wrong in my job, the worse it became. And when I came to a place where it's like, okay, this situation isn't working. And it mostly, I didn't recognize it really until Michael came into my life. And I was coming home and he's like, you complain a lot, right? I mean, he just like flat out was kind of like, you complain a lot. And I had to stop and think, I am being very negative, and I was bringing it home. So here's the interesting thing. I was taking it from home to work, and then I was bringing work back home. And this negative cycle then started to creep into my relationship. And it wasn't until then that I noticed that I needed to make a change. And so as I started to think about what I was going to do next, sort of the hope, you think of the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And you think about how things are, when you feel like nothing is going right, and then you get this glimmer of hope, you get this ray of light. It made it possible for me to tap into the positive energy. And I think like um, what you said, Claudette, right? Start to focus on something else. You focused on mastering your role, your job. And when I started to do that, it all shifted. It's interesting, Whitney, that you brought up the lobbying job, because that was the example I was going to use originally. When I first took on the job in 2009 as the CEO of the Commercial Construction Association that I 
was for nine years. When I first took that on, my first six months was painful because one, the, one of the people that were working for me thought they deserved the job, actually two of them. And the other one thought that they deserved the job. And if they didn't get it, then the other person was supposed to get it. So for me to come in and be the CEO of a commercial construction association who I've never worked on a commercial job before. I've never worked in construction before. While I knew a lot about construction because my former husband was a contractor, I knew a lot about it. I never had worked in it. And so my response to their reaction to me come in, coming in was defensive. And not only was it defensive, but I started going through the books and I realized there were some discrepancies in the financial accounting, the accounting. And I had to bring it to the board and say, listen, this is what's been happening and this is where we are. And there were some some major shifts and all of these shifts were occurring. And the day that I found out that Logan took his life, we were in that board meeting to determine whether we were going to make those major shifts or I was going to leave. That's really what it was going to happen. And so we were really at this tipping point, the employees and myself, we were at this tipping point. My leadership skills were good, but they were not great to deal with really absent, not so kind employees at the time. It was really, I didn't have the skill set. And yet when Logan took his life, the energy from the two of them shifted almost like on a dime. Not only did it shift for them, it also shifted for me because what mattered before Logan died was not what mattered after Logan died. And so my whole energy shifted as theirs did. And I started to invest, like Claudette said, I started to invest in leadership skills and started to go a little deeper. Like, what am I doing to contribute to this? Their kindness during Logan's transition in that period, you know, if it had not been for the employees at AGC, I would not have been able to continue my job because they picked up for me. They brought me in. I was family at that point, whether there was dysfunction or not, I was still family. And so they took over a lot of the tasks that I just didn't want to do, or I didn't have the energy to do it. It's not that I didn't, no, I didn't want to do it, nor did I have the energy for it. And so, you know, if you feel like your job sucks, if you feel like you just don't want to do your job, Some of the things that I've used is take pride in what you can take pride in. Really step into what are you proud of and how you're doing. You know, for me to be able to fold a hospital corner bed, not everybody even knows what that is, but that's a very distinct, very clear, no wrinkles. It's very linear kind of process. 38 years ago, to be able to do that with zero wrinkles, I was proud of that. You know, no matter what it is, lobbying for something that changes the industry and standing for what you believe is your value and right, that's something I could be proud of. And so as you start to focus on the things that you're proud of, your energy starts to shift as well. You mentioned it, Whitney. Your energy, whether you speak it or think it, your energy is present. 
And those around you who do not like you (laughs) are going to feel that energy. And if you have a disagreement and you do not like someone, they are going to feel it whether you say it or not. So it's really up to you how you want to show up in whatever job that you want to show up in. And it ultimately, for a long time, one of the employees became one of my biggest allies. The other one chose to leave until my husband and I completed our chapter. <laughs> That's what created some maybe some additional turmoil. But still, I, I just feel like my energy around the whole situation shifted because I personally was grateful for them indefinitely. Whether the one left or not or stayed or not, that didn't matter. I was indefinitely grateful for all of them, for how they picked up the pieces that were dropping because I wasn't able to do it. So I have gratitude today for all of them, for all of them. And that's so important. I, I love that, taking pride in what you can, finding gratitude in what you can, finding the nuggets, the blessings in whatever the situation is. And they are always there regardless of how bad you may think things are. But again, I think all three of us have said this. There's this energy shift, right? The beauty of owning where you are, regardless of the situation in a relationship, in your work, in your health, whatever it is, is that it allows you to take ownership right? It allows you to be empowered to make some changes and to create that energy. And it may not come easily. You may have to do it over and over again. I think one of the things that is a challenge in America is that we have this overall sense of entitlement. We are the documents that say we have the right to the pursuit of happiness. There is a think notion that that means we are entitled to be happy, right? And therefore, everything is supposed to just lay down at our feet. And sometimes there are challenges in getting there. I am a big believer, and we did an episode on this about happiness in general, is that you make a decision to be happy. You determine to be happy. You take then the, have a vision for how that works out, and you take the actions to be happy. But that doesn't mean in every single moment that everything is going to be exactly the way that you want it. And it is moving through that, rising above that, where you can make a difference in your life in that way. So I absolutely agree with you. And I love, again, the example that Claudette shared about how she took ownership and and just said, you know, I'm going to master this job. And as she shifted and mastered her job and asked people for help, that's another thing, right, is being willing to involve other people. Kathleen, yours was involuntary, right? The, the situation with your son that created that. But that shift comes and the energy changes. And then we can build on the momentum that comes from that. And so I just want to make sure that as you're listening to this, that you understand 
that yeah the title's a little provocative but there is truth in it and the beauty of the truth in it is that you are then empowered to do something to make changes to move forward whether it is in what you are doing currently or making plans to do something else. And I think ultimately you've got to do a combination of the two, unless you are in a position where you can just walk away, right? And do something else. And most people are not in that position, but unless you can just say, okay, enough is enough, not another day, not another minute and move on and do something else. You're going to have to put together a plan in order to make a a change. So I just want to say something on that. We have a tendency to leave uncomfortable situations. If you are in danger, please leave, get out. If you're not in danger and you're okay there, understand, and this probably is another podcast. I don't even know if we've covered it, but everything that you experience in the outer world outside of yourself is a mirror of a belief system that you have within you. So you could you know, so pay attention if you start going, oh, you know, this happened, I walked away from this, or I walked away from that, or I walked away from, right? Because it shows back up in a different form, different person, same story, right? And so I don't know, I just encourage everyone, don't run away right away. Let the opportunity show you where you can grow and step into your true power, not the fake power where we try to be strong, but your real power, because I just remember walking through that group of girls that I had wanted to be friends with. They didn't want to be friends with me. They talked about me. They, to you know, I would be sitting at my desk and hear it. It was really, there were a few, like two or three months of really not the best situation, right? But when I was able to walk through there, and on be honest with each one of them and interact with them and not it didn't move me at all how they felt about me what they did but i actually treated them fairly i never treated them poorly right so i just felt very powerful and i learned in that lesson to not give my power away to anyone right yes, so yeah i want to just piggyback onto that Claudette, because Usually if your job sucks, it has to do with other people in your job. Usually, you know, like you may not like what you do and usually there's personalities involved. And so one of the things that I've come to realize through the many years of dysfunctional relationships is that we have to also understand what's important to other people. So like Claudette said, we're projecting onto other people our beliefs, however, they also have beliefs. They also have needs. They also have challenges. They also have things that you don't even know that they're going through. And so if you show interest and actually be interested in the people that you're working with and ask what's important to them, find out what they love to do, find out what they don't like to do, find out what's happening with them. Because when you have a better understanding of the people that you're working with, you also have a better understanding of you. And you have a better understanding of what their needs are. And you can voice your needs in a different way by knowing that. So you can respond to them based on what they need, not on what you think they need. That's such a good point. And, you know, I want to say this on on your point, Claudette, about not running, being in a rush to run. 
And we tend to do that because we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like pain. We don't like being unhappy, even if we don't know what makes us happy. And jumping from job to job, if you keep seeing the same thing happening in job after job, career after career, employer after employer, there's something you need to get really curious about in that, right? And I want to say this, in the 18 years, I said I didn't think I'd be at that place for 18 years. The majority of my 18 years, I spent a few of those years trying to get out and then recognizing that the reason that I wasn't getting out was because I was bringing an energy to that. And it was a desperate energy of trying to get out that was not appealing to the world. It wasn't appealing to other employers. And so whatever it was I was feeling in any interview that I got, I'm sure it was oozing all over the place, right? Of course, I didn't think that from the inside, but looking back, I certainly can see how that was the case. And so running is not the answer, but if you are going to make a change, right? If you've got to make a change, and, and, and Claudette is absolutely right. If there is something that is physically, deeply, emotionally harmful, then you've got to make some changes. But if it's you complaining because it's not exactly the way that you want it, as you are putting together a plan, ask some questions about what you can learn. What can you take from this situation? And dare say, what can you give and leave that? And how can you give and leave that place better than it was when you got there? So any final words that you ladies would like to share as we wrap up today? You bring your unhappiness with you wherever you go, I think is really basically what Whitney just said. And know that if you're unhappy, I love the point you made is your desperate bailing (laughs) need to bail was oozing out of you. It is absolutely true. If you are feeling unhappy, where inside are you? And that's coming with you no matter where you go. Right. Had I gotten another job, I I would have been in short order, I'm sure unhappy in the next job because the real problem was internal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it always is, right? Like we go through this stage of growth. I can remember where I thought everything was being done to me. We've discussed this before. It's, It's actually coming from me. And we have to go through that evolutionary process of realizing that, realizing the mirror is in the world and being reflected back to you through everyone's behavior. And the more we understand this, we can go on that inward journey to solidifying ourselves, right? And then what happens is everyone picks up on those thought waves, just like you mentioned, Whitney. Everyone picks up, like, if you're desperate and you're going for the other job, somebody might go, she's really nice, but there's just something off about her, right? It's just that thought wave. So don't be sitting here thinking something about a coworker that is not nice and then wonder why she is not treating you well, because that was the thing that I began to learn, right? When I was around this whole group of women, did I like those other women? 
No, I was thinking all types of thoughts from my desk because how they were treating me, what was happening, the person that trained me wrong to get me fired. I had to shift all of that. I had to shift all of it. And in the end, we didn't have a problem with each other. We weren't best friends, but we didn't have a problem with each other. But I rose in my power and changed that vibration. So accurate. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you for the conversation. Thanks for sharing your stories, your insight. We want to leave you with this. Take responsibility for what you're feeling and what you are bringing to your work each and every day. Find something that you can focus on, gratitude, pride in what you're doing, growth that you can make inside the job that will help you to feel connected and appreciate where you are and what you're doing. And then if you need to put together a plan, get a plan that will allow you to move forward. Something about having a plan brings hope and positive energy, which will help you as long as you are there until you are no longer there to enjoy better what it is you're doing. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. And, you know, go out and enjoy some work today. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.